Tanya for the seventh of Tavis. Well, first the story. The Hasidic custom of making a fabrengen involves eating food and also saying lachaim at times. And the students of the first Chabad Rebbe once um, arranged a fabrengen with, with which they sat down to eat and drink and say Torah and say stories. And Shmuel Munkus's job was to go around giving out the lachaims and serving the food. And in the middle of the Fabrengen, Shmuel Munkus sees a chassid come in with lung. And the all the chassidim get very excited. And Shmuel Munkus grabs hold of the, the platter and he starts dancing around with it. And people start laughing and they found it very funny. But at some point they told him, okay, joke's over, give us the platter. And he refused. And he kept on pouring the lachaims, And no matter how much people tried to snatch the dish out of his hand, he wouldn't get it. And at some point, they almost managed to get it. And he took the dish and dumped it in the garbage in the corner of the room. And people were really angry. Because, you know, this is Russia. Food was very expensive. Meat was very, very expensive. And he had just wasted it. So they made a tribunal. And they decided what should they do with him. And they came to the conclusion he deserves to get hit. So he lay on the he volunteered he lay on the on the table and they they hit him, and when they were finished, as soon as they finished, someone came running into the room and they said, "I, I hope no one ate that lung. That lung wasn't kosher. Got mixed up with a different um, container of some sort. It turned out that lung wasn't kosher." Meanwhile, the Hasidim weren't impressed in the slightest because here was a Hasid being very holy and playing, you know, uh, tricks that a, a Rebbe would play, it's, it was inappropriate. So they made another tribunal and they decided he needs to get hit again. So he lay, they lay him on the table and they gave him a, a, another round of hits. And when they were done, they asked him, okay, well, how do you know? And he said, it's not, it's no, it was no trick. From the time I trained myself to, to go into the first meeting with the Alter Rebbe, the author of the Tanya, I trained myself to not have a desire or a, or a, or a passion towards physical, physical, um, material things. And when this platter of meat came into the room, I had such a drive towards it. And I knew something was fishy. I knew something, something was compelling me to have this more than something regular. And I realized something suspicious about this dish. And there wasn't any inside secrets or mysticism that lent me an understanding that something was wrong. I just could feel my passion towards it, and that was what was my my warning. Today's Tanya is going to finish off the sixth chapter of the Tanya, and the sixth chapter of the Tanya introduces an idea which we've been talking about for the past two days, and that is this this lack of gray area, this idea that there's something is either good or something is either bad, and there's nothing in between. And this world, things that are possibly in between, have the choice of either becoming elevated, as we're going to discuss in the next chapter, or downgraded, or revealed to just be without the holiness inside of it. And we spoke about how things go on the journey in order to become negativity. It still, of course, is God, and that's going to be the second, the, a big theme of the second book of Tanya. It's still a piece of God. It's still whole. It, it's still coming directly from God, nothing is outside of God, but it goes on a very long journey, which then presents itself as negativity. So all things, even negativity and so on, does come from God, but it's instead of a face-to-face type of relationship with God, where the energy is coming in a happy, healthy way, it comes like thrown behind the back in a 
in a, in a negativity way. And that's how it presents itself in this world, as negativity, things that we shouldn't be involved in. With that introduction, let's begin. Because this world doesn't present godliness, it isn't nullified to godliness, and something that isn't nullified to godliness is the other side, is evil. Therefore, this world, which you look around, you don't see godliness flowing from it, is therefore evil. Is a world of of clipper, shell. And therefore, in this world, there's, it's tough, it's evil, and wicked people are powerful. You look around, you see people that are in power, and you wonder, how is it possible such evil people have so much control in them? Well, the answer is, well, this world doesn't express godliness, not yet, not until Mashiach comes, and therefore powerful people who are wicked are in, uh, have deep control in this world. Now, now a note, and again, this is touching upon things we're going to be discussing later on, especially in Gerasakodesh. But the the idea is that this world, though filled with a lot of evil and a lot of things that potentially could become evil as well, and a lot of concealment, has godliness flowing inside of it. Just because we don't see godliness doesn't mean it doesn't exist in this world. No, godliness is everything, and everything is God. And therefore, yes, you don't see the godliness in this world, but don't forget it's always there. So I'll just read this quickly. I'll read a bit and then explain. Though we don't see godliness in this world, inside of the, the inside of this world is all the rest of the worlds, one world higher than the next, all enclosed within this world, and within all of that is God's energy. So, yes, we don't see it or feel it because it's gone on this incredibly long journey from its original elevated location, let's call it, but it still remains connected to God because everything has to be connected to God because if it doesn't, it ceases to be. The altar brings in this note that I just read um, a, bu- um, a bunch of um, sources in Kabbalah, but the, the idea is everything needs to have godliness inside of it. And yes, even this world where wicked people are powerful and you can't feel or see or sense godliness within it. It is all good and it is all coming from God. It's just hard to recognize. And because it's hard to recognize and the journey from its original source is very, very far and very distant, evil presents itself because then this world isn't in such a nullified state. And now the Atrab is finishing off the sixth um, chapter of the Tanya and the Atrab is going to now set the stage for the next chapter. And he's going to say like this, when it comes to impurity and evil, there's two levels. There's the lowest level, which we're going to talk about in a moment. And then there's the one which is kind of in the mid zone. And, but let's first talk about the lower one. The lowest one, the lower level. These are three levels. The lowest level has three within it, which are entirely evil. There is no good at all. Absolutely no goodness can be found within these three lower levels. And in the the book of Yechesko, Yechesko has a vision of the Hashem's chariot. But before the, the the chariot comes, he has this vision of this 
um, storm and this cloud and this fire. And what's really interesting is these three represent three of the elements we spoke about in the first chapter that the evil the animalistic soul has. It's a discussion for another time. And also why the, what the three actually represent. The Rebbe writes in his notes he's not actually sure what they represent, why there's three. But it seems that evil has three levels, and these three levels are absolutely unredeemable. There's no way to elevate this. You can't, you can't take these levels and make them better. And what are they? But that's first of all the souls of the nations of the world and all the bodies are all uh, animated by this. And anything which can't be eaten, for example. The kiyom gufam and sustaining their bodies. The kiyom v'chayes koma acholas asuris matzameach kamoi erl v'chilayakem kamoi chkas of eitz chayim sham em tesperek vav. Anything that can't be redeemed according to Torah, which can't be elevated to along a Torah or mitzvah's path, anything like that comes from the th- these three levels. They don't present themselves as evil in the modern vernacular of evil, let's call it, but they present themselves as unredeemable items, things that cannot be converted over to a Torah and mitzvah's lifestyle. Something that, for example, pig, doesn't matter how much good intentions you have while eating it, for a Torah lifestyle, it cannot be elevated. You can't say, you know what, let me have that pig, and then I'll do a wonderful act of tzedakah. The act of tzedakah is still wonderful, but the pig that you had can't be elevated. It's It remains in that state, because there's no way to elevate it. And also, all the 365 negative commandments, all of those things mentioned in the Torah that a person shouldn't do, a person can't come around and say, you know what, let me... Let me elevate, let me do whatever, whatever thing I shouldn't be doing. Like, for example, um, driving my car on, on Shabbos and then going and doing something positive in my car. That's wonderful, but you're not allowed to drive your car on Shabbos. And there's no way to elevate that. And that's the, that's the idea for today's Tanya. Thank you so much for joining the Tanya. Have a wonderful and very successful day and thank you so much for joining.